Find a fresh take on a fall getaway to Wilmington, North Carolina and beaches. Enjoy hiking trails in a state park, fresh seafood with a sight of live music and fall festivals galore. Then live it up along the Riverwalk in Wilmington's historic downtown with three island beaches, Carolina, Curie and Wrightsville and a vibrant downtown. You get the best of the Carolina coast all in one place. Plan your fall getaway at Wilmington and beaches vacation.com. Assuming they all make it. Bam, we're live. Oh, fuck. We are. All right. All right. Oh, Let's God. do it. It just happened. We're fine. Savan, do you still get nervous? I, I'm just, I'm just really. Hi, hi, Caleb. Hi, uh, uh, Matt Souza. Hi, Savan. Souza. Now, Souza's wearing a great shirt. Can we bring him on the show instead of John today? He just hit himself. Oh, shit. He is wearing a great shirt. Look oh. at that. How'd you <laughs> How did you get that? I woke up about four seconds ago. I need more. (laughs) (laughs) I looked at the the clock, uh, Mr. Young and Mr. Friend, about 10 minutes ago, and I go, holy shit, I can't believe we're doing this show. I I got out of the shower about 10 minutes ago, and I thought, oh, shit, this is happening. I like your hair. Both of you look fantastic. Thank you. Brian, Uh, uh, you think you can... You think he, uh, Brian said you were going to do two seventy five colds, uh, clean and jerk? Me? Yeah, I've done three fifteen cold before. Just walk right in and just hit that shit. Yeah. Damn. Is it is it because of the TRT? It's exactly what it was from. Yeah. <laughs> exactly what Hiller, Hiller let me have whatever he's doing and just uh, made me do it. Barbells yeah. go up easy. Yeah. Can you really do three fifteen cold? Yeah, I. Uh, what's funny is um, this happened this weekend. Uh, I'm doing this this uh, barbell club thing, and we're trying to advertise it. And uh, I was like, "Well, let me like do it clean, and then you can just take a picture of it, and then we can that could be like a thing of it." And then we put 315 on, and I thought he was just gonna take one picture. He ended up taking like 20 pictures. So I just hold 315 in the bottom for about 20 seconds, and my back is like my face is redder than anything. And then uh, he finally was like, "Okay, I think I got it." And then I stood up and I almost passed out on the spot. It was, it was the de- yeah, the demo video. It definitely wouldn't have worked with anything less than three fifteen. Is it? Um, is that dangerous? Is that? Is that? It has to look pretty. Is that dangerous? Um, if that was close to my max, it would be. But ah, maybe they were the plates from that one guy. Uh, what was his name? Savan that used the fake plates in his garage. I forget Trevor Rockmeyer. Yes, yes, yes. Oh, Trevor had fake plates too. That's the that's the story, at least. I thought he was looping. That's the same guy that's looping his videos, right? Or he looped his videos. Just didn't have time to do the whole workout, Savan. It wasn't his fault, right? He was smiling. I was trying to pose for it. (laughs) Yes, that's crazy. I I felt so yesterday on the air. um, uh, Mr. Hiller fit. Did 315 cold. Well, that's not true. He did 295 cold and then he did 315. And I almost felt no jerk. No, yeah, just to clean. And I felt bad kind of like egging him on. (laughs) Brian's not impressed. I mean, if he didn't jerk it, it's not really that impressive. (laughs) He said I could shoot him up in the butt. There's a small chance I could deadlift that cold. Oh, (laughs) God, that would snap me in half. Hey, you've been working. I've been watching your Instagram. You've been looking real fit lately. Uh, I don't know. Just uh, 
I gave myself rhabdo last week, so that wasn't so good. Oh, seriously? Tell me about that. That's awesome. It was uh, a classic, classic case. I've been training bodybuilding and uh, powerlifting. Haven't been doing anything really dynamic. No kipping pull-ups, just only strict pull-ups, um, strict pressing, whatever. I, did, I decided on a whim just to do the Wadapalooza qualifiers with a couple of people from my gym that are doing them. So I did the pull-up that had 60 pull or the workout with 60 pull-ups, 40 chest rep pull-ups, and I my capacity for kipping pull-ups was clearly not there. I also did the um, snatching and overhead squat double on a workout like 10 minutes before that. And then the and, next day I did a workout that had a lot of toes to bar and knees to elbow and hang power cleans and my biceps and lats were fucked for like three days. There's no discoloration of urine really but really immobile, really like pretty much stopped my life for like two days. Being able so to do anything productive. You didn't have Rob done that. Yeah. Thank you. Just serious doms, right? Yeah. Mm. Yeah, I guess so. I think What's that's your, what awesome. What does your pee look like? What does your pee look like? Not dangerous enough to go to the, the hospital. I, it's not rhabdo unless your pee looks brown. By the way, Brian does sell his urine on eBay for $3,000 a jar. Anyone wants that, brown that's true, right? premium brown urine. Ugh. It happened to me one other time, and I did. I, I think I've told you this time when I did the workout, Nicole, uh, the 20 minute AMRAP, 400 meter run, maximum broken pull ups. Yeah, I did have some discoloration of the urine then. I still didn't go to the hospital or, or need an IV, so I'm not too sure. But that was like eight to ten days of, of pretty limited mobility. That was seven years ago. The, the I mean I've definitely been so sore that every step uh, is is painful, or like walking downstairs seems like it's going to be fucking impossible. My wife has gotten it before. Uh, we didn't know what GHDs were, and when we found out, uh, uh, she did a workout called Mr. Joshua because she wanted to do GHDs, and it has 150 GHDs in it. Oh, and, and she was like, "I killed that!" And then the next day. It had looked like I had done something very bad to her because she could not walk at all. It was, hey, there's it was people really who've bad. been there's people who've been permanently disfigured. You know that from uh, doing GHDs, too many GHDs, and not being GHDs and pull ups. Those capable. are the number. Those are the top. top I think kettlebell things. swings also. Really? I think so. Those are the three that I usually. Where do you where, where do you, you feel it, it in where kettlebell we, swings? Where yeah. do you feel it in kettlebell swings? Uh, I think lats. I'm not sure, uh, but I've just heard heard of people having that. Oh man, I feel like Damn. your back would break down before you got to that point. I feel like you would just maybe hurt. that should be our first debate question. <laughs> we got some good ones today. What is the most likely way to get rhabdo? Um, the first debate show was fantastic. Thanks for guys for doing it. It's going to be hard to top it. Especially at 6 a.m. And thank you guys for doing it an hour early. I appreciate it. Oh, anything for you, John. Well. What's that, what size shirt is that? What size shirt is that, John? A large. And it fits you? Yeah, it's good. Would you prefer an extra large? No, this would, I mean, this is about how all of my shirts fit. Uh, yeah, it, does, it doesn't look too tight, by the way, either. I'm not insinuating that. You just look like a huge, large man. And my shirt's a large, too. Is it I really? also wear a large. That's crazy. Yeah. I know, but you look like a bigger human being than Brian. No, I just, y'all, y'all make me feel bad now because I got the same shirt. We like I'm like forty sh- pounds heavier than both of you. Guys. You should feel a little bad. You just have better body composition, maybe than us. You Here think Seven and I weigh the same amount? 
I think you are like 165 and he's like 150. Oh God, I wish. I am. What do you, what do you weigh? I, I weigh at least 165. I'm. I am a. I'm about 175. I'm a thick chocolate. All right, so y'all are y'all are a little bit bigger than Seven, that. He doesn't give us much credit, Seven. Well, my my yeah. Well, I know Seven's short. Are are I don't know how tall you are, Brian. Brian's tall. Five. Are you okay? So we're like the same height then. Okay. See, he's like five foot. Why does John look so big? You think it's his head or his shoulders, or why do you think he looks so big? His chest. <laughs> It's his head, his shoulders, Bruce Wayne and his says chest. It all, says it all. It's all my head. Oh yeah, that's a good question. Uh, how much do you weigh, John? Uh, One ninety-five to two hundred. Oh, I was going to guess two hundred five to two ten. I've never been over uh, two hundred three. John Young is the prototypical male games athlete. Five ten, one ninety-five. Yeah, just gotta. Be a little bit fitter. And I know. That's what I think, that. too. I think John's at least 200 also. Not right now. Right now, I'm like 196. Jody, you fell asleep in front of your computer? That's awesome. <laughs> Just curled up in a little ball like a kitty cat. Meow. Uh, I have some questions for you. I haven't watched any of the videos yet. I need to do it. What is going on with Tia? Is what's going on is she's she announced uh, on a local news show, stupid, that she is going to compete for the seventh time, and um, she's not going to rogue because she's going to support an event in Australia. Are those the two? Um, is that the news on Tia? And it's only stupid because she should have announced it here. I don't. She can do whatever she wants. Purely for my own. I, I, when I first saw that this clip here, yeah, I actually yeah. thought this was like fake. A joke. It, it looks like it's just cut together. Like, do yeah. you ever see them in the same? I mean, look at this uh, clip. So I don't even know if this is a real clip or not. Uh, I'm not wasting my time talking to her or Shane or trying to find out what's going on here. If she shows up to compete, great. She'll be the favorite. And if not, then we have a lot of other stuff to talk about. You're not wasting your time. By the way, uh, can you go back to that clip real quick? They spelled my name wrong. I hate it when they do that. CrossFit Games did that. It's it says uh it should say Sevon, really? <clears throat> Look at Sevon. What? Really? Like they're that's supposed to be directed at me. <laughs> like they can't like they want to talk to me. They can't even believe it. I do think it is very strange that she chose that to announce that if uh a new on a news show to announce that. Why do they keep that. cutting it back and forth like that so you can't see them both? Oh, it's just someone being cute with reels, thinking they're being cute with reels over there. That's a good point. Also, was uh, under the impression that she wasn't competing at Rogue because she's still rehabbing her back. How did she hurt her back? She had a back injury or something a few weeks before the CrossFit Games. If that's true, it, it helps explain maybe some of the workouts that she struggled a little bit with at the Games that didn't really make any sense, like Elevated Elizabeth and Alpaca. And if and maybe that's a motivating factor for her. What I would have liked to see, like this is what I think happened. I think that she was planning to make this her last year. She brought her whole family there. She told Mariah and the team that this was going to be her last year, and they were setting up to do the video documentary series to document her last year. She goes on competing throughout the weekend. Maybe she has this back injury. She didn't advertise. No one really knew about it, and she's not putting up the kinds of performances that she wants. 
And maybe halfway, two thirds of the way through the weekend, she's thinking to herself, this isn't how I want my last year to end, but I've already told these people it's my last year. They're all expecting this certain thing from me. I could see where she could get into like a, a quandary in her mind where she's like, I want to be true to my word that I told them this to be my last year, but I'm maybe enjoying this and I'm not at my best and I don't want to go out and not my best. Maybe I can't do want to do one more. So it comes to the last day and she's not sure what to do. But I mean, Sean's gone on record talking about it. He would not have made that call on the live broadcast that will live forever on YouTube if he wasn't 100% sure that that's what was going to happen. And he was certain of that because he checked against six different you know, checkpoints that he thought were all reliable sources. Um, and she obviously made her own decision, which you know she has every right to do. I just wish that at this point she would just tell us. If that's what happened, just tell us that that's what happened. You know, instead of saying, going about it, all this kind of uh, mystery and then whatever this interview was on some random news channel. Um, the guy does look like a caricature of like a, uh, a a news host. You know what I mean? Like he looks like he looks like he's a part, part well, stand up comedian, part caricature. Even if it's official, though, I don't I don't put it past her to change her mind again. Like once the open starts rolling around and be like, I'm done. You know what I mean? Yeah. 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 Why not? Why not? T- yeah, I agree with you. I agree with her. Hey, but Brian's, Tevin, a, Brian's you, a little frustrated that that happened to Sean, though. He's he. Brian's got. Uh, I am. Some, I am too. Not I, just Sean. Not Brian's just invested Sean. in Sean. Oh, not just Sean. It was also Nikki who is lining up. To, you know, she was told that this interview was going to go a certain way after the, um, and after the final event, <clears throat> it didn't go that way. Kiki Dixon made an announcement on the floor there in front of the people in the Coliseum that is also now probably inaccurate so it's you know everyone was on the same page about what was going to happen and then she ripped the page out of the book and ate it i love it let me let's just say this i i i I, i'm i really like the way it played out but let's just say let's say just for shits and giggles what if she would have just said so 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 nikki said to her nikki uh brazier said to her uh so is this your last year? She asked her. I don't think what, that's how you pronounce Nikki's last name. <laughs> what? Why? What do you think? Um, what do you think she should have said if she had changed her mind? I don't know that that's the moment to say everything that I just said, but maybe you say. Um, I think what she said in the moment was fine. I think everything okay. she did leading up to it, we'll see is a great answer. It's a teaser. You don't know yeah, everything yeah. that she'd done behind the scenes and that her team had communicated to all. But, let, but let's say him. all of that was, let's say just like five minutes before Nikki asked her that question, she started having second thoughts. So what should she have said? Or do you think that she, she did everything fine and that maybe just like a few hours later on her Instagram, she should have been like, Sean, I love you. Nikki, I love you. You guys, I can't even believe I changed my mind. I'm so happy. Uh, I'm, I'm, yeah, I'm glad a few I hours, two, um, two months later, which it is now. Like, yeah. you've had plenty of time to reflect on that and make that situation right for all those people that feel wronged by it. And you haven't done I don't think in the moment that she necessarily did anything wrong. That's what I was trying to paint the picture of is I could understand the dilemma in her mind. Yeah. And I think that the wheel is a great answer if that's the case, but then have a little follow-up reflect on it. Think about it, man, I did tell all these people, or I asked Shane to tell all these people that this was going to happen. We didn't do it. Let me make those, those relationships. Right. Right. Um, Are you excited? She's coming back. 
if she's coming back to compete, I mean, the nice thing about it is that there are obviously, you know, three to 10 women that are on the rise that are all 26 years or younger that are very good. And we'll see if she was in fact injured this year and still was able to beat the field rather convincingly. Uh, can they make any headway in, you know, in the next 12 months? Um, now she has what we may, may believe to be the first setback of her career with this back injury, whatever it is. Um, and so we'll see how she handles that and what some of these other young women are able to do. And, and yeah, I mean, it still gives, uh, the opportunity that you always want, which is for the champ to be defeated instead of to just leave. Um, John, last, uh, last debate show, we talked about the, um, parody P A R I T Y should what's better for the sport to have athletes who are, um, you know, have their become dynasties, you know, three, four, five uh, wins versus really intense competitions where it's changing every year. You know what I think we forgot to bring up? What? Whether the sport is new or old. We didn't consider that. And and at, since we had that debate, I was actually thinking about that. I think it, I think it's, I interviewed a guy the other day who if parody or dynasties are better for a new or old sport. Is that what you're saying? Yeah. And I interviewed this guy the other day. Um, his name was Kane Waslinchuk. He's the, they say he's the greatest individual athlete who ever lived, but no one knows who he is because his sport is racquetball. He has 15 world championships or something like that. And, uh, I think a, a new sport, it, um, I started thinking may, maybe that's better for new sports. What is dominance? Dominance. Definitely. So that they, so that they can have a poster child. I would say every, every sport that I can think of off the top of my head started with dominance. I mean, you, like have, the, the Celtic, you have the Celtics for basketball in the sixties, the Browns in the sixties for football, Yankees. Uh, baseball, the Yankees, Canadian. like every, every major hockey, I was it, I think it was the Montreal Canadiens that won a shitload of championships. Okay. Or Maple Leafs. Maple Leafs. One of those two. Yeah. Just uh, anyway, every big, big sport started off on dynasties. So, I mean, that might lead to what you're saying. It might be better for the sport for dominance. But I would argue it is more fun to watch when it is not dominant. But our sport is new compared to all of those for sure. But I also think CrossFit's a little bit unique. Um, I don't think you. I don't think you can compare it to basketball, football, like other sports like that. As far uh, really in anything, it's also you know we've, we've talked about this before. It's just not a sport where you get to see the best compete week after week after week. You can't do it. Right. You have like um, disc golf. There's a guy that's that's pretty dominant. Six world championships in the last ten years, and the four years he wasn't, he was second place. Wow. But on any given week, he's not the he's not guaranteed to win. There's a dozen other guys that could beat him on a two or three or four round tournament, just how things go. So you have kind of a like a little bit of both in that regard. Well, I kind of th- I I more think of like golf or uh, or tennis. Like they have four major things they do every year, and uh, but they have yet, dozens of other tournaments also. There's a tournament almost every week. But they're yes, but like their major ones, there's four. And like there's dominant figures in golf, but there's not one person who won every single tournament every single time. There's a guy who wins a lot and then he loses 50% of the time too. Um, I mean, golf ebbs and flows. Golf ebbs and flows. There comes a guy or two guys that are really dominant for a stretch. And then there becomes a period of time like we have now where there's 30 guys that could win any tournament. And it's, you know, so that's what we've had more years of golf to see that ebb and flow. So I'm, I'm waiting to see that in CrossFit. So far, we've pretty much only seen dominance. Dominance, you know, it hasn't been 
there hasn't been a, a year of four or five years in a row where there are, you know, three to five men and women that are all contending for the title on the weekend at the CrossFit Games. We had it with the women for a while back in 2015. I know Catherine won both years there, but we had no idea 15, 16, 17, who was going to win uh, with the women. Even though Catherine won twice and, and Tia became what she was, it was very, very fun to watch. We did not know at the start of the competition who was going to win. I don't know shit about golf. This is way we're way off subject, but fuck it. Um, I don't know a lot about golf, but when I think of um, basketball, there, superstars can arise in so many different variants. Um, there could be the, a three point, like like the, the most recent one is you know in the last ten years the pop seems to pop up in pop culture is Steph Curry, right? All of a sudden, there's this just he's reinvented the three point shooting game, right? But there's guys who are great at defense who 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 kind of like rise to the top, or guys who dunk, or guys who have great moves. Golf's not like that, right? There's not a guy who's just like the greatest fucking putter ever. And if he gets fucking close to the green, he sinks every shot. There's just way too much variance in golf, right? Well, the guys are so good. Like there's nobody that can be that much better than everybody else. <laughs> like, you know, a guy's not going to make a hundred foot putt every single time he goes to the green. It doesn't work like that. I imagine disc golf's the same. I know Brian's bigger on disc golf, but I, uh, no, no, it is, but it is sevens, right? I mean, it's the case there. And in golf and disc golf, the similarities to CrossFit are that the, the tournaments aren't always the same. The course has changed. You might have a course that's 8,000 yards long and one that's 5,500 yards long, but very tight and in the woods for golf. And then, you know, those are going to, and there's a lot of trees lining it, for example. So you might that's want need accuracy. And this accuracy would benefit you on the 5,500 yard course and distance on the 8,000 yard course. Are there really courses in golf that are 8,000 yards or is that just a joke? I think there are some, but they're probably, that's probably like a. Are you talking like 18 holes together is 8,000 yards? Yeah. If hole one is 350 oh, yards. Oh, and hole he, two he was thinking, he was thinking one just hole. Keep adding them up. I was like, geez. To get the total distance for the course. I, I saw where your mind was going. So Thank you. I'm not, <laughs> yeah. I don't do go. And, and, and here's another thing. I don't know if this is true, but I heard um, my kid's tennis coach say this, that in tennis, the, the, the three best tennis players in the world only won 55% of their points. Yeah. I mean, that's another one. Like Roger Federer just retired, right? Like he did not win every single time he played, but he won 50% of it. <clears throat> no, they win. They win the big, they win the big points. They win in the big moments. That's right. I mean, right. Yeah. And that's a, that's the margins. And that's how it is in golf and in disc golf. It's when the pressure is the highest. In your backyard, in your practice rounds, my, my friends send me these pictures all the time. Oh, I had 15 under today. Look at all these birdies I had. But then I go to play in the tournament and they're shooting two over par. Because the pressure just affects people differently. Well, the pressure definitely affected Hiller last night. He rose to it. <laughs> John's like, didn't yeah, I just tell you? Didn't I just tell you I did it? In his garage. In his garage. <laughs> Yeah. Let's see what happens when the pressure is really on and he has to be the uh, head judge of the Zelos games. And there's a, a contentious dispute. I tell you what, once, once Hiller is done with this cycle, we should do an Olympic lifting meet, me and him, and we'll see who wins. Oh, yeah, that'd be good. How old are you? I'm 28. Okay, you guys are about the same age. I think no, 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 uh, no PEDs. So 28, no PEDs versus whatever Hiller is after yeah. the cycle. Yeah, I like it. And then you could just be the whole time, just every lift, you could just be like, you're a cheater. Just under your breath. So, uh, just loud enough so he <laughs> just, can. Just cheater. make it. You're a cheater. 
I, uh, I applaud what he's doing. I mean, he's uh, it's me all too. Me too. Is Tia the fittest in history? This is question number one. Will a seventh change that or not? I, I want to say that like this isn't even a debate. Well, then why don't you go first, Seven? Uh, I think that the athletes today are the more fitter than any of the other athletes. So um, that puts them, you know, already um, a notch ahead of all the all the old timers. And Tia uh, is the fittest woman in history. And she has the most wins. The, and it's a very competitive class. I think, you think Tia is fitter than Matt Savon? Yes. I don't. Go. So I think Tia Tia's probably will go she's the most accomplished in history. Uh, but I don't think that makes her fitter. If we're just talking about peak fitness, and I mean you can go the the female male route if you want to, but I'm just looking at dominance. And Matt's the only person who has had multiple 200 point win margins. If you don't count 2020, if you do count 2020, he was 545 ahead of the next person. Tia was 360, way more dominant. And so if you talk about peak fitness dominance, Matt is better than everybody. And it's really not close. It's kind of like, Michael Jordan, LeBron, like Michael Jordan's peak was higher compared to the rest of the field than everybody, even over LeBron. Now, the other point would be longevity, which is the point that you can argue. But like Rich is probably the fittest if you will think longevity counts. Um, But I'm thinking like at any point, who is the fittest person we've ever seen ever in all history? And that was probably Matt in 2020. Wow. Yeah, you convinced me. You convinced me. Longevity goes to Rich and uh, also, yeah, wow. Also, also, Brian yeah. has made a point about this. And I think it is, is per- if we believe, and I do, that CrossFit is the best methodology for fitness, even general public or whatever, you know, the CrossFit games are kind of our who, what can we make Batman look like? But if we believe CrossFit makes the fittest people, Matt wins all the CrossFit events. The events that he wins are CrossFit events. The events that Tia wins are usually specialty events. Like Tia is, you could argue she's the most athletic. Is that true what he's saying, Brian? Is that true? Let me tell you the uh, Tia's event wins historically. Ocean swim, specialty event. Suicide sprint, specialty event. Run, swim, run, specialty event. Muscle up, clean ladder. It's basically a lifting event. CrossFit total, lifting event. Madison triplet, swimming event. First cut, that's a CrossFit event. Split triplet CrossFit event, clean weightlifting, swim paddle, swimming standard. That's a CrossFit event. So you see a pattern. She is. How'd she do in the, um, how'd she do in the capital? I think she was in fifth or something like that. Is that a CrossFit event? Yeah, of course. I mean, it's it's more endurance, but yeah. And like, she's still very good at those, but as far as what she's better than everybody. Third on the capital. It's usually not the CrossFit events. And if we do believe that CrossFit is the fittest methodology, Matt wins. The Matt's wins are always CrossFit events, typically. Um, which makes like that just leads to my thing. Matt, Matt is no, no, no. I'm saying typically. He has. He's some got some specialty ones too. But more uh, early in his career, overhead right. squat was his first. Ranch trail one was his third. But he also won triangle couplet. 
2015, which is clearly a CrossFit event. 2017, he wins Triple G Chipper, the clean ladder, muscle clean ladder, which is probably a cost-size weightlifting. But he also wins 17, heavy 17.5, Fibonacci, Aeneas, and first cut, second cut, split triplet, ringer two, standard, all which are CrossFit you know, events, couplets, triplets, chippers, et cetera, et cetera. And then you get, you know, you have to have a different conversation about the 2020 year. He won a total of 14 events. He won a total of 13 events that year. Those alone, I think that year alone. Compare. Yeah, you can compare them to each other, but out, right. you know, but you have to take that year in isolation, as we've talked about previously, Savan, where if we did a, a similar sample size from Rich's year, that he might have won seven to nine events in that format as well. Right. Yeah. And that's only in stage two. We're not even talking about stage one, which is online. Yeah, all that makes me think Matt is the fittest. And if you don't think so, go watch his friendly Fran. And nobody else can do that in the world that way he just did. And it's it's and, and what did he do? What did he do? He beat everybody by a minute in a four minute workout. Yeah. Um. So I almost feel like with your argument, which I'm I'm really buying, is that um no one can catch him. Oh, we have. I just we haven't seen it yet, in my opinion. Well, but the Tia could never catch him because she's probably at the end of her career. I I would, in my opinion, she, yes. She could catch Rich, but she can't catch Matt. The craziest thing, uh, the, to me, the craziest thing about that friendly Fran workout is something that few people uh, that I've heard of, or maybe no one has talked about, because everyone always just puts it in context of what he did to the rest of the men's field, but. Pretty. This is now a very uh, well understood principle. If you have a workout that has thirty five pound dumbbells compared to fifty pound dumbbells, or a hundred pound sandbag compared to one fifty, or a barbell that's sixty five ninety five or ninety five one thirty five, the women are better. They will yeah. win those workouts if you compare them directly to the men. Ninety nine percent of the time these days, Fraser still beat Tia by thirty two seconds in a workout that featured a similarly a seventy percent barbell, basically. But she was wow. still better than the next best guy, but he was still that's only that's basically three minutes compared to three thirty, we'll just say. What so was the workout? What was friendly Fran? What was workout? Twenty one thrusters with one fifteen for the men. What's the weight for the women, Brian? Eighty five probably. Um twenty one chest to bar. It's three rounds of that. So twenty one, twenty one, twenty one, twenty one. So Fran heavier and chest to bar. Well, and Longer. It's three, three rounds, rounds of, of 21 and 21. No decreasing reps. Oh, yeah. oh, shit. Wow. Which which that third round ruined everybody in the games. Everybody. <clears throat> everybody made it through two unbroken, typically. And it, that third round, nobody could do it. He was the only one. And then he finished and then acted like he wasn't even breathing heavy. What year uh, was that? 2020 games. If you pull it, it's insane. Besides him, there were four other guys that did it under four minutes. His time was 3.08. The fastest of those guys was 355. And that was and Noah? Noah, then Scott Tetlow, Beatty Brown, Jacob Hepner, all squeezing in. And everyone's gathering around this four-minute mark. So you have times of four minutes, 401, 402, 407, 410, 410, 410, 411. So, like, that's the expectation. Me, this is a four-minute workout. that's the peak of human performance is four right. minutes. The best yeah. pull-up and thruster guys in the world are four minutes. And Matt does it in three. I mean, he's basically, yeah. He's basically doing each round. A minute. He's yeah. He's doing forty-two reps in a, per minute. It's fucking nuts. Tia can't do that. Rich can't do that. There is nobody in the world that can do that. And you take anything that Tia or Rich can do that they can just physically do. Matt can do it too. Like there's just 
that that's just, that's my biased opinion. I mean, I, um, I like as far it. as who is the fittest ever. No, I'm convinced. That's a um, that's a good argument. Um, and it's and I would I would I would add to John's argument just this one other thing, Savan. Pick any five workouts that you want. Make them fairly diverse. So you're not going to pick five swimming tests, but you could have a swimming test if you want. You could have a handstand walking test if you want, whatever. If there's any weightlifting in it, you have to choose one bar or one set of dumbbells or one weight for the sandbag. And I don't care if it's the men's weight or the women's weight or something in between. If you want to have a conversation with you about who's the fittest ever, then line up all the humans. I don't care what's between their legs on the starting line. Give me five workouts and tell me who's going to win the competition. That's the fittest person. If you want to make the argument that Tia is the fittest person, you definitely can do it. All you have to do is look at what she's done because, you know, it's not her fault that Rich stopped after four and it's not her fault that Matt stopped after five. And it's not their fault that she continued to go, but she continued to go. She has the most event wins. She has the most consecutive titles. And if you look at the caliber of the athletes that she's beating, when you think about the all-time rankings that I put up, you know, uh, still second on that list. Well, it's, it's Fraser, then it's Froning, then it's Ben Smith. You still, you know, but then you start to see um, Kristen Halter, Carrie Pierce. The women that are in the top 10 now are all women that, that she has consistently and regularly beat since ascending. So like, there's not really a, a big debate. Like we know who the best women are, are historically. And like you said, they're all the modern ones. But in the men's field, there are people that still like Ben Smith and still like Scott Panchik and still like Jason Kalipa. And will contest that those are some of the fittest men that have ever competed. And Fraser didn't necessarily compete against them in their prime. Obviously, Scott has continued to be excellent. But I don't know if Scott Panchik in 2012, 13, and 14 was better than Scott Panchik in 2017. Scott Panchik will say he wasn't. Scott Panchik and Ben Smith will be like, I'm my fittest self right now. Everybody else just got fitter. And I believe that to be 100% true. Uh, Rich in 2016 or 17, when he was in team, said, "This this is the fittest I've ever been. Uh, maybe it was 2020. I, he was, he was like 34, uh, 33 around there. And he said, this is the fittest I've ever been right now. Meaning and this in 2014, all, yeah, he wasn't close to him now. And for all of those, that's probably true. But what I, what I'm contesting is that the women's field has improved at a more uh, dramatic rate than the men's field, because there was more room for improvement because women haven't been training and competing in the fitness world in, in this way for as long as men have. And we see, we've talked about that in terms of depth where there's, you know, even in the early years, there were so many more men that were showing up to Aromas to compete than women. And, you know, it's, uh, I think that's from 2010, 9, 10, when Annie first came on the scene until 2020 in a 10 year period of time, we'll just say the women's, the level of women has elevated by 50%. Like the average woman competing at the games is 50% better than the average woman from 10 years ago. For the men's, I would say that's a much smaller percentage, even though the whole field's gotten better. Now they were starting at a higher percentage or a higher fitness to begin with but they haven't improved by as much. And despite all these women that have been trying and trying and trying, Tia's in the same class as them. You know, she's just coming up in the sport at the same time as all these women. And after 2017, she's just been blowing them away. So uh, let's be super duper clear. There is no question, no possible way to debate that Tia is the greatest female crossfitter who ever lived. Well, no, she is. She is the right, best female right, okay. crossfitter of all time. But I'm talking, if you try everybody, yeah, everybody, yeah, I get, no I get gender. That. I get that. And I'm just, I'll just say this, Evan, because someone has to say it. You know, it is a popular thing now to, to want to, to really highlight and celebrate women. 
And so when you get an opportunity to do it, because Tia has now won the most, that it's not a surprise that a company like CrossFit would immediately claim her as the most dominant or the greatest or the fittest ever. And it's great to celebrate women. Women are doing amazing things and they should be celebrated for it. But if you want to have an honest conversation about it, then take that thing away and just talk about what's happening on the field of play. And if you really think that Tia could beat Matt in a 5, 10, 15 competition event where they're doing the same workouts, same weights. And I don't care what the weights are. Make it a light barbell, barbell, make it a heavy barbell, make it a ladder where they have to just start at the same weight and go up. And you could say, well, women don't weigh as much as men. I don't care. No one gave Chris Spieler, Josh Bridges, or Colt Mearns a break because they were shorter or lighter or heavier. And no one said, oh, it's okay, uh, Matt Zalugos, uh, you don't have to use it. Oh, wait, they did, they did tell him he had to use a shorter pull-up bar, actually. <laughs> Uh, so, so we don't even have a debate here. We're, we're, we're all piling in on Matt's side. I, I tried to not be on Matt's side, but John convinced me in, in 30 seconds. There's no debate. The only thing that we the can numbers, say is, is that longevity-wise and through the metric of just sheer titles, T is the greatest CrossFitter. She's the most accomplished CrossFitter Most accomplished. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. And it's not, and this is no uh, slight at, at Tia or Matt, either way you, you slice it. It just depends what you're, what you're talking about. And if you want to talk about fitness on the field of play, I don't think there's an argument for her. And then when you talk about uh, uh, longevity, you have Froning who won four individuals and uh, six, six, six teams, six teams. And he'll and probably how, go masters and, and two runner up. And he has and two runner up division, but they both have two runner up finishes as individuals. Yeah. Crazy. Oh, that's in what? So, so uh, Froning was runner up once on teams and run, runner up once an individual. Yep, twenty ten and twenty seventeen. Wasatch CrossFit is that who beat him? Oh yeah, stop the mayhem. Hashtag stop the mayhem. <laughs> oh, is that was that their thing? Yeah, throughout the whole year, stop the mayhem. I thought it was great. <clears throat> By the way, Adrian Conway, very good follow on Instagram. He puts out a lot of content that's very applicable and relevant for the general masses, and he's doing it as an elite athlete and uh, practitioner of the CrossFit methodology. On on Adrian's Instagram? Yeah, really resonate and, and appreciate the stuff he puts out. Uh, and uh, Andrew Hiller is also putting out uh, content that um, will resonate with the professional CrossFitter. Let's see what he, let's see what Brian. What are you talking about, Brian? Here. <clears throat> Wow, wait, um, before before you do do that, what is that picture right there with the mountain and the cabin? I want to see that one. This is actually a spiritual post of his, and he's talking about that people want to retreat to the nature and just relax and get away from everything, but that doesn't feel like he, uh, he doesn't feel like that's what people were called to do. He felt like people were called to in, interact with each other, impact each other, challenge each other, build each other up. I'm paraphrasing. Well, he should have chose a different picture because I want to go there. <laughs> well, that's what he says. This is very appealing. But yeah. the things in this life that are often appealing are not the things that we should be focusing our attention on. So, yeah, I think about the cottage in the middle of nowhere, but then I remember this isn't my life to do with as I want. It's God's. He's just been gracious enough to give me temporary stewardship over these blessings. So you don't have to necessarily agree with the spirit, the spiritual or religious affiliation that he's making, but there's a general, a more general principle, concept to what he's talking about, which is, you know, what are humans doing here on earth and are they meant to retreat and spend time alone in their isolation or are they meant to be interacting with each other, challenging each other, building each other up, et cetera. Let me see how many comments there are on that. Mm. 
Okay, I won't see how many comments there are. Oh, can you just scroll down? Oh, can you just... Oh, you can't just tell by looking... Okay, it doesn't say... Oh. All right. Well, it's a cool post either way. Okay, sorry. So That's not his con- normal post, though. Right, but Most I still like it. he's posting about is, is in and out of the gym, uh, functional applications of the CrossFit methodology is the best way I would summarize it. Oh, I like that that top one, people in the gym offend me. It was 15 comments, did you see? When he highlighted it, it showed. Oh, no, I missed it. Sorry, thank you. 15. Susan makes an appearance on the show. Can we hear this? So, I bet it takes a lot of commitment, and they all mean well, but they do offend me. I've been at this for 20 years at this point, and I've been training by lifting weights. I've been conditioning my body, and I've always been aware of what I put into my body. If you're out there and you're thinking about starting this journey or that you're going to achieve a really high level of fitness when it comes to how your body's built or a very high level of fitness when it comes to performance in a short time, like three to six months, you're terribly mistaken. Today, I just want to remind you that if you want something that is worth achieving, you need to take your time because it takes time. And there is no shortcut. You can dive into what you eat. You can dive into how you train. You can dive into how you recover, but it's going to take time. And if you're watching this out there, let this be a reminder to you that you just got to keep showing up every single day. It takes time. One common thing. I love it. Hey, uh, did you ever see, I, 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 uh, Okay, it's Brian, um, I'm going to change my question to a statement. You have to watch, if no one has told you yet, I want to be the first to watch, you have to watch this video um, on Clarence Kennedy that Andrew Hiller made. Hey, Do you don't, know hate on Clar- don't hate on Clarence Kennedy. I'm not. I love Clarence him. Kennedy is an icon. Okay? Yeah, do people don't hate on him? Clarence Kennedy alone. Did, do people hate on him? I don't know, but Hiller usually hates on whoever he mentions. No, no, Hiller, so Hiller says. I'm just saying. Yeah, no, no, Hiller exalts him, glorifies him. It's crazy. You got to see this video, Brian. It's it's, he, it's right up Adrian Conway's. This this kid basically puts together a montage of 20 years of weightlifting from when he was. If uh, if Harry Potter nuts. did a 20 year cycle of steroids and could snatch 400 pounds, that's Clarence Kennedy. John John knows knows the way to my heart. Savan is working on it still. So. You think you you think um you think Clarence uh Kennedy uh, I, I don't I don't think he's on hard hard stuff, but he's on stuff that he wouldn't be able to compete with. But I also think it took him a long time. I I think that he was natural for a long time, right? For sure. No, for sure. But he doesn't compete in Olympic lifting and the numbers that he puts up at his weight class, he would have gotten silver in the Olympics one year. And he doesn't he doesn't compete because he's on stuff that he can't compete with. But like, and he, I don't know if he openly comes out and says, "Yeah, that, he does. Why. He's open. Yeah. He's open. He's open." And, but he posts YouTube videos of what he does, and the weights he does would be silver in the Olympics. At least one year would have been look, silver in the Olympics at his body. Three hundred ninety six pounds, dude. Look how yeah. close he is to the wall. That's uh, that's you know who else in a confined space like that? The fittest ever. Right. Right. And so just for reference, he weighs about two, about 220. Just for reference. <clears throat> he does look like Harry Potter on, on roids. I told I know. Dude, that video, you got to watch that, Brian. I, I, wonder, I haven't seen it. Hiller, he'd probably be a great secret, too, with all the say. agility. Um. Yeah, yeah. He, you definitely, he definitely doesn't hate on him at all. Zero. Preemptively taken up for Clarence is all I was doing. Gabe, shut your pie hole. 
I had to drink an extra cup of. No one loved this show. We're never doing this again. I feel like I'm, a few times I feel like I'm under, I'm sweating here. No, Patrick, he's not. I have like but. mornings. I'm having morning sweats. Paper Street Coffee, P A P E R S T Coffee. Don't spell out street. Paperstcoffee.com. Use code Sevon for ten percent off. All right. Uh, so so the debate show is off to a shaky start. There's no debate. Matt's just so fucking good, and uh, and John Young and Brian are so good at standing up for Matt that everyone else got smushed. Okay, uh, I think we're gonna have a similar thing here. It's gonna be very clear. Uh, <laughs> I don't know what he's gonna say on this one. I think we might disagree on this one. Uh, Bjorgman, Bjorgvin, Bjorgvin, Carl Goodmanson, BKG versus Lazar Jukic. Uh, who is the fittest in Europe? We have a guy who's been around uh, since the turn of the century, and that versus the new guy, uh, Lazar. <laughs> you, you can go first, Brian. If you hadn't, uh, if you're not familiar with this uh, conversation, and you are, it is an interesting one to you. I wrote, just wrote an article that talks about why this is relevant now. And so Lazar Jukic has um, done something in, in terms of European men that hasn't really been done in a while, uh, which has had a second second finish in his career that was better than BKG. So he had his fifth in 2020, which was yes, a bit of a different year. Some might say he was actually last place at the ranch part of that competition, which he was, but he did beat 25 other guys to get there. But he's backed that up two years later by not by having another fifth place finish. <clears throat> or sorry, we're talking about Lazar Jukic. I was thinking yes. of Jeff Adler. The last two years, Lazar Jukic has come into the top uh, 10 at the CrossFit Games. Uh, Jeff Adler is featured in that article also. So I'm sorry, my mind was wandering in two directions. Oh, um, I, you get a pass, Brian, on that. Okay, thanks. You get a complete pass on that. Okay. Um, Lazar Jukic was ninth last year at the games in his rookie season. One interesting thing about Lazar to me is that he turned down his 2019 invitation. So we could have seen this guy a couple years ago. He didn't feel like he was ready. He showed up in 2021, placed top 10 at the games, was the highest placing male rookie. If CrossFit had decided to do two rookies of the year that year like they did this year, he would have gotten one of those accolades and, and been more recognized for what he did that season. BKG still beat him. And BKG has been the class of Europe, followed by Yona Koski since 2015. Both Yona and BKG showed up in the top 10 at the games that year, with BKG taking third on the podium. And he's been in the top 10 every single year since. Yona's had some injuries, but he has four top 10 finishes. And during that entire time, and in fact, outside of those two guys and Miko Salo, no one else in the history of the sport from Europe has managed two top 10 finishes at the games in the men's side. Until no now. shit. Until now, Miko had a first and a fifth, I think. Jonas had four top tens. BK's had eight straight top tens and is without a doubt the class of the European men in history. But at semifinals this year, Lazar beat him and they both basically crushed the rest of the field. And then at the games, Lazar got him by nine points, finishing eighth to BK's ninth, which is BK's worst finish over that now nine year stretch. What country is Lazar from? Serbia. Serbia. And so the question is... That's a country that's not a city? The question is now uh, raised, is Lazar now the, the best in Europe? He's beaten BK at the last two competitions that they've competed in, and obviously it looks great. Um, the first place that I go when trying to answer this debate is, well, let's look at what actually happened at the CrossFit Games this year. And so I put all their finishes in order, and when um, oftentimes when uh, Chase and Bill on Get With The Programming are analyzing the programming from the CrossFit Games, they get to the end of the show and they acknowledge the fact that the scoring and the structure of the season matters. And then they'll ask this question, 
who had the better averaging finishing place at the games? And would you, if that was how you scored it, would it affect what the, the rankings? They usually only look at the top three or the top 10 or something like that. And in this case, despite the fact that Lazar beat BKG at the games, BKG had a average finishing, better finishing place of 0.25 better than him, 13.8 as opposed to 14.1. So if that was the metric you're using, we still might not be having this conversation because BK still had a slightly better averaging finishing place than him. And I will, I would put money down right now that BK beats Lazar at Rogue and that uh, going into next year, it's probably a coin flip between these, these two. I think that BK still is overall a little bit fitter than him, but I don't, I think that, you know, it's inevitable uh, that Lazar over the next two or three years will, will be the guy in Europe. Uh, John, before you go, are you saying will um, will Lazar become better than BKG as BKG uh, is waning, or he's saying BKG's got two or three years where he's still the best in Europe before Lazar takes it. But when Lazar takes it, will it be because BKG just can't maintain. <clears throat> I'm saying no. What I'm saying to be clear, so BK, I still think BKG is fitter than Lazar, but uh, next year. I'm not sure. And the year after that, I'd take Lazar for sure. But is it because BKG is past his prime? I think, well, that's a tough question. If you listen to what John was saying earlier, that Panchik and Smith and Froning are saying that even into their 30s, they're getting more and more fit. BK's turning 30 this year, I think. So he's not too old to still be improving his fitness at all. I just think that Lazar's has... uh, on a more positive trajectory with more room to grow and and will pass it by. So you don't think that the only reason why Lazar is um, uh, Lazar is passing BKG is because he's just getting old and tired. You think that actually Lazar, at the end of the day, the fittest Lazar will beat the fittest BKG. Yeah, and I th- I also you know the well, the reason why I wanted to include the fact that he passed on his invitation in 2019 is because very similarly to Jeff Adler, I think that Lazar has a very good understanding of the progression of the sport. And that there need, it needs to, to what Adrian Conway's uh, post that we listened to, that it does take time and he's willing to lay that foundation and then build upon it in a reasonable and responsible manner. He can I have it. issues with that. I don't agree with that at all. With what? I, I don't agree. I, I don't think that's why he didn't go to the games. I don't know what the real reason is, but I think it's a huge misstep that he didn't go to the games because of the stimulus and experience you can get there, even from if you're one, not one ready. or two workouts. I don't think so because in 2019 he was not near as fit as he was now. I he would have been cut on like the first or second yeah. day, just like well, everyone else. He would have made it through the first one, but uh, the first or second day, he would have okay. he would have done a maximum of five workouts. He wouldn't yeah. have got the full experience and full it, it, breadth and depth of the test that you get when you go to the CrossFit Games in a normal year. That's the experience you need to draw on. It doesn't really matter what happens in the first two days. Everyone, You can go to a two-day competition anywhere. I want to see how you hold up over four or five days against the best. That's the experience that you get from the CrossFit Games that you can't get he, anywhere else. And he was the fittest in Serbia for 2019. It wasn't like he made it in a semi, made it through a sanctional um, and the field was weak. He made it because he was the fittest in Serbia, and he knows how good – well, you know that field was off. weak as shit, though. You know that field was weak as shit. But that's why he did. That's why he declined his invitation because he knew the top guys were way better than him, <clears throat> and there's no point in going unless he was going to buy for something worth something. And look, Lazar's in his mid twenties, and he's already adopting the mentality that Fikowski has adapted in his mid in early thirties. He'll compete. He competed at Madrid, and it was worth it for him to do through. That's a great paycheck for him. He'll compete at Rogue, which I think is also a good decision for all of the athletes. I 
I guess I can understand why Haley's not competing there. I don't know why Mal's not competing there. I think that's a miss by them. You still have plenty of time after Rogue to get a full training in. And Lazar, like Travis Mayer last year, was one of the athletes who placed zero priority in the open, zero priority on on quarterfinals. He did focus on semifinals. He won it. That was important to him. It was a confidence thing to say, yeah, I can compete and beat BKG. And then he was able to replicate that at the games. That's what I think we'll see from him again this year. You'll see him go to Rogue. He'll be mid-pack. It's not the best competition for him, but he needs that competition because the strength is what's lacking, and it is coming along. So I think he'll do better on some of the strength implement tests. He'll be tested at Rogue than we saw last year. Still not good enough to improve on his games finish, in my opinion. And then we won't see him for the whole offseason. We won't see him make any waves in the open or quarterfinals, but he'll be good at semifinals, and I think he will improve again at the games next year. Uh, did you just say Mal's not going to Rogue? Yeah. Yeah. I She's injured. Mistake. No, they're they're they they are taking the long game approach as well with the mentality that give us the full season and we're like I we're think gonna it, be that I think much better next year. Well, I think she got second this year and they didn't expect her to get second. And whoa, whoa, whoa. before I you say that, that's really the, wait, 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 John, hold right. on. That's a great opening line though, because I can't wait to hear what you say. How you finish that sentence? They didn't expect her to take second, but but um, th- what. Th- this this reason why I'm saying Lazar should go, and, and I'm not going to die on this hill, is the same Lazar reason that Mal, Mal, both. But the okay. the reason why I'm saying Lazar should should have gone to the games, and the same is the same reason why Mal should go to Rogue, and it's it's something that I've repeated that I've heard from Nicole Carroll and from Chuck Carswell. There's a stimulus you get at the games that you will in co- any competition that you will not get anywhere else. It's not, not just the 2019 games. It's not, and, and I hear you on that, and I'll and I'll buy that. Um, there's an experience and a stimulus you'll get at those games or those events that you will not get anywhere else. You cannot mimic it at training think tank. No matter how fucking hard Hiller wants to suck Max El Haj off, you cannot get it there. You have to go to an event. You have to have the pressure of the crowd. You have to do. You have to do what we saw Ricky and um, Justin do at the games with the sandbag. How, why the fuck would it be smart not to send Mal to Rogue? I don't get it at all. You want me to go now? Yeah. Are wow. they afraid? Of, I want to propose this to you. Are they afraid that if she loses there, that it would be bad for her morale? How could she lose? I, that's they that's, they that's what I think about the results. But I, I think that's I think that's why. <laughs> and I and I could be like way wrong, and they could get really mad that I say that. But I think they were trying to podium. They didn't expect her to get second kind of convincingly because Laura wasn't very close to her. Uh, you mean they thought that she was going to beat Tia last year? No, no, no. I think oh. their goal, their goal, and she said this on YouTube before, was to beat her place last year and try to end podium, which means would mean third. I think because Laura typically has been over the field for second and Tia is on another level. But she got second convincingly. I think she did better if than you they taken- thought. But I also will contend that if you take any other year of games programming, she wouldn't have beat Laura. She wouldn't put it into 2022 with the same athletes that Laura still would have beaten Mal. Yeah, 100, 100%. But Mal did get second. I don't think they expected it her to get second. And I think she's 18 or 19 still. Like you got to put that in perspective. If she goes to Rogue and gets seventh, because Rogue is more of a strength-oriented competition that is not Mal's strong suit, if she went to Rogue and got seventh, I think like that would hurt her confidence, and that's very important for an 18, 19-year-old to, to have 
in a good place. Like, and I, I think, yeah, I but think I mean, the look, dude, th- think about this. She, last year she competed at Rogan. She took eighth. The women that beat her, Carrie Pierce retired. Kristen Holter retired. Haley Adams, not competing. Tia Claire Toomey, not competing. That's good. Enough. That's as good as fourth. Haley's not going to rogue either. All right. But even then, even what then, the fuck even, is wrong with these people? Even, even then, even then say she gets fourth. Yeah. I still think that does something to your mental. If you just finish second convincingly, it's not it like she on your walked mindset. into second. It depends, it depends on your mindset when jersey. you're approaching the competition and their mindset should not be results oriented. It should be as an opportunity to learn. And you're going to learn different things about yourself as a young athlete and rogue than you will at the games. I, I don't disagree, but I think that is the reason why they're holding her out on rogue. Because, you know, I don't think it's just a hard work pays off thing because freaking Hopper's doing it. You know what I mean? And Hopper, I think, is going to be great. Um, we'll get back to BKG and Lazar in one second. Brian said something there that really caught, perked my ears up. Brian, have you ever said that before, what you just said? You're basically saying that the programming – you said that basically if the programming would have been from any other year at the CrossFit Games, that any other of the 15 years – that They're Mal not. would not have won, taken second place. That Laura would have beat her. You have to add seventy points to Laura's total at least in every other event, every other uh, year, because there wasn't a strict deficit handstand push-up in any of those other competitions except for this year, and she got zero points. So you can't look at this year's games. I would look at this year's games and think that the Laura Horvath reign is over. That now she's going to be just clawing no. to stay relevant in third I think place. She's but you're demolish saying demolish no. everyone at Rogue. Yeah, I think wow. Laura's going to beat everybody. It'll be like Tia Toomey. What we typically see Tia Toomey. Unless, wow. it go, unless Annie Thor's daughter. Unless they do something like they did in 2019, where she got second to last because she wasn't allowed to continue in the competition because she couldn't do a single rep of one of the movements. Uh, we need to get so can you pull up that rogue roster again do we know who's going to have we done a show yet on who's gonna uh, win ro- uh, top 10 do you placements? read the text messages i send you I, I try to what about the one where i said hey do you want to talk about the thing you just asked about this upcoming tuesday morning oh no let's do that <laughs> let's can we rank all i want to ra- i want to see your guys's rankings for these how, how many ath- I want to see your 20. Your- I already have them. I told you, I just I just told you yesterday that I wanted to do this on Tuesday. Oh, that seems so far. Long. I'll be ready okay. on Tuesday if y'all want me on Tuesday. I have yeah. to make my we'd have to go, we'd have to go Tuesday the fourth uh, is when I have it scheduled. So not this next one, but the following. Because we have Matt a very text messages. Yeah, we have a very uh, special guest. Matt is extremely excited about on Tuesday. We, we do have a special guest on Tuesday? Yeah. We have many, many awesome guests coming up. People are going to be stoked. Oh, but yeah. you shit. in particular on Tuesday. Yeah, Tuesday is going to be insane. Hey, okay. you, know what's, you know what's interesting is that uh, Emma Lawson did way better than she thought she was going to do as well. And she is doing Rogue. So it'll be it'll be same age. I think she's younger than Mal, right? She's basically Mal from last year. Right. It's- and she is doing Rogue, so... So okay, so we have that show scheduled. Uh, is that too far away, uh, Brian? October fourth uh, at seven a.m. I mean, whatever. It's that's, I mean, a, that's basically a month before the competition. I think it's okay. Okay, good. All right. Clydesdale okay. Media might predict Saxon Panchik to win it before then, though. Right. <laughs> uh, good. Um. 
Just don't. Just uh, what's the Khaleesi? What, it, it, what's the Khaleesi saying? Does she have a prediction? Does her show have a prediction? Ben what? and me. The Khaleesi. Oh, Khalil. Does, Lauren Khalil. Does she? What? Does her show have a prediction? You said you said Clydesdale would 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 is going to predict. Uh, well, it's an interesting it's an interesting conversation actually because there are now there's barbell spin out there. There's morning chalk up. There's seven podcasts. There's all these entities that are putting out this news and like when is it really appropriate to start talking about who's going to do well at Rogue? Six weeks before when they announce the roster, is it like is that when we want to have that conversation or do you want to wait until it's the week of so all the information that we talk about is relevant and in your mind and out there. But people are feeling the pressure because people are doing it way too early. And so everyone's responding to that and doing it earlier and earlier and earlier when it's probably not necessary. Well, good. Don't you only need to watch one hours. Um, I can't oh, that's Alexis Raptus in the corner. I was like, who the fuck is that? I don't even recognize that person. Another young, like upcoming. There's a lot okay. of young, young upcoming girls. Um, who, so, uh, so the, I'm, we're so off course here. Um, so BKG or let Lazar Jukic, who is the fittest in Europe? And, and uh, when, when you ask that question, are we talking about like right now, if we go like, um, mm -hmm. wake them up in their bedroom or we're talking about through just the history of their no right now. Okay. Right now. And so Brian says BKG still has the throne. Not on the scoreboard, but in terms of fitness, I would take BK. Okay. Mr. Young. I am on the Lazar train for this one. Um, Lazar was the first competition that Lazar's ever beaten BKG was last year at the games, and well, I guess this not, past year, like, this like, past yeah, year, yeah, yeah, this this past year, and also um, semifinals. I don't count semifinals as a competition. Um, you just got to make the top five. You got to make the top five. It doesn't. If you're safely in there, you don't care. I don't count it. Are we saying Jason Hopper really beat Justin Medeiros? I, I no. I don't care about semifinals. Um, anyway, Lazar, first time he ever beat him was at the games this last year. And Lazar is only going to get better, just like Brian said. And all, like, in my opinion, Lazar will get better faster than BKG. And since he beat him in the games this year, I see Lazar continuing to improve. improve. And BKG, it's kind of if he has a good execution or not. This was one of BKG's worst games as far as execution. BKG is so good because he doesn't really have any weaknesses. He's very good across the board in all things fitness. Lazar does have holes, but those holes are strength. And that's only going to get better the more he trains it. And it's already gotten better from year to year. 2019 through 2022, he has improved every single year on his strength weaknesses. And then last thing is Lazar has the ability. He's a home run hitter. He's got home run hitting ability. Um, the capital, he was in the running to win the capital. And then he very poorly executed the sandbag, the sandbag carry up the, up the steps. Now I'm not saying he would have beaten Roman or Ricky, but if he would have just took his time and, you know, stayed within himself, he could have got third in that and not destroyed himself like he did. Um, so I think Lazar is only going to get better at a faster clip than BKG is. And since he already beat him in the games, keep just nine points, but he still beat him. I think he will continue to get better. And BKG is, is peaked out. He might be fitter, but he's peaked out. If you will, John, am I hearing you right? And Brian, do you agree with this? You're saying, uh, one of the nuances of what you're sharing is, is that, 
Lazar has a better chance of winning events than BKG. That he has some outlier skills. That BKG is a, a GPP wizard, and Lazar's not only that, but he's got some special skills that can um, allow him to win events. Is that what you're saying? Yeah. Well, last year they beat. That, that each wasn't other. a very adamant. Uh, yes. That last was year they a, beat yeah. each other head to head seven times each. They would have been seven to seven if they were just competing against each other. Lazar had one more oh. top ten finish, seven to six, and they each their best finish. Uh, Lazar had a first. BK had a second, and none of them had any finishes better than fifth other than that. So it's very, very similar at the games. And if you look at the workouts, one of BK's strengths historically is that he doesn't have finishes outside the top 20. There are multiple years where he's finished one event outside the top 20, and and usually in those years, the only other person who's having a better resume in that regard is Fraser. You'll still have Valner or Frakowski with a bottom 30, even though they beat him overall at the games. He's super consistent. This year at the games, he had four finishes outside of the top 20 and a 19th. And if you look at what these workouts were. This is BKG you're talking about? It's BKG. Yeah. Wow. There's, there's the, he should be better at the freaking um, the Elevated Elizabeth. That's what he finished 19th or 24th on? BK got second in Elevated Elizabeth. What am I thinking of then? It was one of the – it's a skill, skill medley. The skill speed medley. I'm, I would go have ahead. to go back go and watch him specifically to see, but my guess is he just made an execution there like so many others did. I mean, there were a lot of athletes that tripped on a double under or did nine pistols and got a no up on the 10th, and that was it. They were just done. So, Brian, how can you go this. with BKG then? It sounds like it sounds like the numbers are saying that the transition has already happened, that this year we saw it happen. Lazar, you know, they tied 7-7, but Lazar had the victory um, uh, first, and BKG didn't. Well, basically, I'll, I'll just say this. This is an outlier for BKG competition-wise. He's typically better than what he did this year at the games. And what I'm, what I'm the more that I think about it going back and thinking about this year's games, and without a doubt, execution is an element of fitness, but I think it was tested in an extreme – Extreme way, extreme way this year at the games to the point that I don't think that the results from this year's games inside the top 10 would be the same if you t- took the, the same 10 athletes and put them in several different competitions throughout the year. And, and in a case of most of those athletes, they are making mistake after mistake at this year's games that aren't an, a reflection of their fitness. It was more of a reflection of their execution or accuracy. We're seeing the theme. Uh, he's throwing yeah. a lifeline to Laura Horvat uh, regarding the programming, and now to BKG. We're seeing, starting to see a little bit of a theme for Brian. I, I wonder. Yeah, and but you have on the on the opposite end of this spectrum, you do have guys who capitalized on that format, and those are guys like Medeiros and Quant and Adler who had really clean runs at the games. And I would argue Ricky and Roman too. We can't we can't deny them sure. that. I, but, I, but relative to who you're talking about, the reason yeah, that Medeiros yes. beat Roman this year at the games was because Medeiros he executed the workouts better. I am not convinced that in a, that if it was just capacity of fitness that he would have beaten Roman. I, I agree. And I'm not convinced that it was just capacity of fitness that he would have beaten Valner the year before. But there are, that is an element of it, and so you you know you can't take it away from them. Like they those guys did better in that element of the test than the others. We need JR as a moderator. He wouldn't have said a fucking thing on this show yet. I think I'm the perfect like moderator. His, uh, his Swing for my nuts, Mr. Kenneth. What? Say it again. Is what? I think they just want to see his biceps again. Yeah, that's probably true. There. Uh, um, I tell uh, you this, Brian. I wouldn't be surprised if next year, if uh, BKG doesn't get like fifth and Lazar gets fourth. 
I could see stuff. Like, I could see something like that. Put it on the but, books, Evan. Put it on the books right now. BK beats Lazar at next year's games. And I say Lazar, Lazar beats BK. <laughs> yeah, I think uh, I think I agree with John on that. Uh, now it's funny. J- what's funny though? What's funny though? I don't think Lazar will ever podium. And BKG has podium multiple times. And the only reason I say that is because I think Justin and Roman and Ricky have a gap on every. Maybe not Ricky as much. But I think Ricky will continue to get better too. He's only 28. And I I don't see Lazar beating those guys. Uh, Jeff, uh, I think um, I would like to analyze. Again, I preface this with I'm not gay, but John Young is a gorgeous man. Listen, jackass. You're as gay as it fucking gets, which is fine. But if if you weren't gay, you would have said a handsome man. And you wouldn't have told us you're not gay. You just would have wrote John is a handsome man. Okay. And, and, and we openly accept you. you. This would be great. If you want to come on the show, if you want to call in and come out of the closet, we'll, uh, Brian will give you a hug. Say welcome. Brian will say welcome to the club. I will, I will not give you a hug because my wife would be mad. So, uh, 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 John has some Christian values. He's, he's, af- <laughs> he's afraid if you hug him, you fall out of the closet. <laughs> uh, who, are you most excited to see um, next year between Annika Greer, Emma Carey, and Olivia Kerstetter? I think I think the question is who's going to have a better 2023 season. Are we going to change that to that? Yeah, who finishes higher in the 2023 games? Is that fair? I like that question better. Okay, okay. Who who is going to finish higher in the 2023 season? When we come back in after the, games. after the games next year, when we talk about Olivia, Emma Carey, and Annika Greer, who are we going to say? Holy shit, they're the best. This is, this is my favorite question of today. This is I think this it's is a great question. Does Annika Greer really deserve to be in there with those two? I I mean Emma Carey is the has the most value to be there. Uh, Olivia, we don't know. And Annika, we really don't know in the game setting. We really don't. Right, right. And, and, and that's not a dig at her. I'm not trying to take a dig at her. She's been on the show a bunch of times. She's fucking cool as shit. She always exceeds my expectations. But um, uh, but, but I mean, Kerstetter's like, Kerstetter's like got some Adam Clink, uh, like freakiness to her. She does, but... It- I mean, do you want to go first, Brian, or you want me to? Your turn. Okay, okay. Both okay. both of those girls, I haven't seen anything, I, and maybe I'm wrong. I don't follow Annika Greer that closely, and, and I am super impressed by her, but both Emma and Olivia got, like, like the stories that you hear about them, it's like they're freakish in nature. They it's are. Like, oh, they shit. Are. It's I, like, uh, what's the guy on the, I'm sorry, uh, Ma, uh, Tudor Magda shit? A-N-I-K-H-A, Annika. A-N-I-K-H-A. I, I am going to say uh, Emma Carey is going to finish the highest out of these three. In 2021, Emma Carey was 16. And if you remember, her and Mal were always points apart, and Mal did better at the games. And I'm not saying that Emma Carey is just as fit as Mal, but I'm saying she's in the ballpark, right? Like, I, ex- I could see Emma Carey getting in the top 10. I, and I would venture to say right around 10th or 11th. And uh, no one knows, right? She's kind of been in hiding for a she year. She has. Well, she hurt her back, and then she's taken a very long route to getting perfectly healthy and then coming back as fit as she can be. And if she got 16th in 2021, 
There's no reason for me to think that she's not going to be fitter. I can I can see top 10. I could see 11th place. And I don't think Olivia Kerstetter or Annika Greer will be that hot. I'm very excited to see them. Uh, Olivia, there is no way to tell because she has not competed against anybody. That there is, is a way to tell, John. Well, tell we will see in a couple months, right? Are you talking about? Yeah. Olivia nope. is in, in Rogue and Annika is in Rogue. And I am so excited to see those two. Because uh, we why don't not really... Emma Carey. Why isn't Emma Carey at Rogue? No invite. She didn't get an invitation. Did she qualify? Did she try to qualify? The ways. So this is how Rogue's <laughs> invite slash qualifications worked. Top fifteen from the games were invited. In the men's case, they all accepted. In the women's case, five of them denied. At least five were guaranteed from the online qualifier. For the men's field was set, and there was no drama or or conversation to be had about how those twenty got there. Fifteen invites, all accepted. Five qualifiers, twenty. On the women's side, five denied. So what are you going to do with those five? If you're rogue, they said that there was the possibility to extend additional invites via the queue. They did that for Matilda Garns. So they're taking six from the qualifier. They also sent an invite to Annie Thor's daughter. No one's upset about that. That's a wild card invite of a woman who got second last year at, the, at Rogue and competed at the games on a team this year. Great, great decision, in my opinion. Then they went down the line. They invited Lucy Campbell. She said no. They invited who was 17th at the games this year for the women. And she said, it was Danny Spiegel. And she said, yes. Then they uh, invited Ellie Turner, who was 18th. She said, yes. Number 19 was Matilda Garns, who they decided to give a qualifier through the last chance. And that left one open spot. And instead of offering it to Karen Freyova, Paige Smenza, and Terry Helgedotter, who would be the next in line, or offering it to Dina Swift, who would have been the next in line through the qualifier, they invited Carolyn Prevo, who has a history with Rogue and was 23rd at the games this year. And there are some people. Wait, that aren't wait, so happy wait, about wait, that. wait, 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 wait. Why does the story all of a sudden get fucked up right there? It doesn't that's, even make any that's sense. That's a to contentious me. invitation. That's why. That's why I saved it for last. Because they jumped the line. They jumped the line to invite Carolyn Prevo just because she's been there before a couple of times and she uh, is good at deadlifting. So there weren't a lot of rooms to invite someone like an Emma Carey. There's really no precedent to invite her this year to that event, and she didn't do the qualifier. Yeah, but uh, Annika and Olivia are both doing it, and we and we have not seen the Annika's been in Wadapalooza, but we've not seen those two in a competition with high level names that are games level top ten names, and so it will be very interesting. We will know much more after watching Rogue of how they. Those two compare, and I already know Emma Carey got 16th in 2021. Um, I could see Annika winning a ring muscle-up event at the Games. I could see Olivia winning some workhorse event at the Games, but probably not because you got Laura. But uh, Olivia Kerstetter, to me, is the next Laura Horvath. Uh, her and Laura are very similar in the things that they are good at, and they're She's not as good as endurance as Laura is. But obviously- what, hap- what happens when Olivia goes upside down? Everything okay? Ah, I've never seen her do strict deficits, so I can't say. But uh, she's made it through qualifiers with strict handstand pushups before. Um, But uh, there's no way to know until we until we see her, and we haven't. So I would say that there is a way to know, and this is the the um, argument I'm going to make is is for Olivia Kerstetter to have the best finish at the games next year of these three. In uh, we'll just we're going to look as a rookie. As a rookie. Yeah, and I'm basically basing this on historical trends. So we'll go back to 2018. We'll look at 2018, 19, 21, and 22 in the girls' 16 to 17 division. In 2018, 
Haley Adams destroyed the field and earned 98%, 98% of available points. Obviously, she's gone on to have three consecutive top 10 finishes at the CrossFit Games since then. 2019. This is a bad point you're going to make. I'm going to destroy this point. We'll go ahead. 2019, Emma Carey won the, the women's uh, division for 14, 15-year-olds of the year. And uh, Emma, and Mel O'Brien was fifth. Just to, for a point of reference, she earned 89% of the points available. Emma Carey. Obviously, both have gone on to have you know, some success. Wait a second. In, field. in 2019, Emma Carey won the kids' CrossFit Games, and Mal took fifth? Yes. Holy yeah. shit. 2020, the, there was no cro- cross the games for the teenagers, unfortunately. It's likely there would have been an epic battle between Emma and Mal, which would have been really fun, but we didn't get to see it. 2021, Emma Lawson, 16 years old, won the 16 and 17 girls division, earning 92% of the points available. And in 2022, Olivia Kerstetter won the 16, 17 girls division at 16 years old, and she earned 22. It was actually 91.6 and Olivia earned 92.5% of points available. So Olivia Kersetter fits the trend of a dominant female athlete in the girls division. And all of those athletes who we've seen make the transition to individual seamlessly, either in the year of eligibility or beforehand, have gone on to have top 20 finishes at the games, including Haley, Mal, and Emma Lawson, all showing up at the games and finishing within the top 10 in their first season doing it. And there's nothing that I've seen from Olivia that's telling me that she can't can keep that trend going. And so if John thinks that, that Emma Carey can finish 10th or 11th, then it's a no-brainer that Olivia can do better than that. I disagree. Disagree completely. Why? 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 Uh, what is Haley the best at? What's her best thing? Running, probably. What's her worst thing? Strength. Right. What's Mal's best thing? Not running. Crossfit movements, crossfit, like just AMRAPs. What's her best movement? Uh, High capacity range of motion workouts. Right, right. Uh, What's her worst thing? Running, probably. Come on. Olivia Kerstetter at the games. Olivia Kerstetter at the games this year got a second, second, third, (sighs) second, first, first, second, first. Okay, Mel O'Brien is a tough one to say what her worst thing is. If you look at her performance from this year at the games, you would probably say you would probably say it's raw strength because her worst events are on the sandbag and alpaca. But if you give her Olympic lifting tests of strength or powerlifting tests of strength, she doesn't do as badly as that. No, I'd say brute strength. Brute Brute strength, strength. right? Same thing for Haley. Haley's much better at Olympic lifting. You give her a snatch, she's not last place. Brute strength stuff, she's going to be last place. Um, Emma Carey. Oh, who's? Oh, shit! And sorry to interrupt. Haley competed against Olivia's sister, Ellie Kerstetter, in 2018. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, Ellie went to college. She she stopped doing CrossFit competitively. But uh, holy fuck, uh, Haley Adams. I'm looking at the 2018 games. You look at Emma Carey. I like all I remember about Emma Carey was when she was first in the world at the dumbbell snatch uh, burpee box jump over workout in the open. Emma Carey's engine is probably her best thing. And her weakest thing is shoulder to overhead strength or a uh, high volume shoulder to overhead stuff. If you look at Olivia Kerstetter or Emma Lawson, even her best thing is gymnastics, right? Her weak, her weakest thing is brute strength. If you look at Olivia Kerstetter, she is not like any of those three. It's a completely different athlete. I don't think the transition from teen to Elite 
will go as seamless with somebody that like Olivia, where strength is her best thing, because Olivia will not win strength workouts. She'll be in the top five. Um, and then her worst stuff, which is running, which is long distance endurance. She's going to be near the bottom because all those other girls, uh, Mal, Emma, Haley, they're all great engines. So they, and CrossFit Games, it's way more about how good is your engine, how good is capacity than it is how strong you are. I don't think Olivia's strengths will give her as much points as she would have in a team division where the engines are not as good as they are for the elite people. 24-minute workout at the game as Olivia took second. 15-minute I don't care about the I don't care about the minute workout at the game. She took first. I'm just saying, on the three longest workouts, she's first, first, and second. She obviously has the capacity to go long. For 16-year-olds, yes. Put her against Tia. And her, her resume against, against 16 year olds looks exactly like all those other women did, and they went on to do great at the games. No. Yes. If she goes runs a 5K versus Mal versus Emma versus uh, How is that possible? What she's we just last saw? place. She's last place in that 5K by a lot. Okay. And in the games division, she will continue to be last place with that type of style of man. Oh, there are way more of those events. You know who else has a history of doing poorly on running events at the games? Pat Vellner. How's his resume look? No, he doesn't. No, he yes, doesn't. he does. Damn. No, if they take swimming out of the running event and then tell me the ones he does bad at. Of the worst workouts that he's had at the five years that there's been a full games test, five of the 16 worst workouts are on running tests. How many of those had swimming in them? <clears throat> there are how also many five of those, swimming tests in that How group. many of those had swimming in them, the ones you were saying? <laughs> Not the capital workout. Not the clean running workout. Not the running toes of our workout. Clean running workout? They were running 200 meters. You're using that as a running workout? I'm talking long endurance. Run, swim, run. Pat Belner has an 18-minute I'm saying that if you look at the workouts that he's done worse out over his career, running shows up in just as many of them as swimming, just as many of them as biking, more than biking, more than workouts on Sundays, and barbell strength is the only one that's more. So... There, it can be possible to have bad performances on running events and still do excellently at the CrossFit Games. Yeah, if you're Pat Vellner, I don't think Olivia Kerstetter is Pat Vellner. How did you do at the ranch run in 2016? If it's just running. I don't think we've running. ever seen anyone like Olivia Kerstetter. Hey, that, the, um, hey, that I never knew that about Haley Adams, how dominant she was. She had two seconds and fucking eight firsts at the CrossFit Games. John, you'd be surprised to know that Vellner did better on the ranch run than he did on the ranch deadlift ladder. Yeah, he wasn't as strong as deadlift there. Yeah. Top 10 on the ranch run. I know because just running, Vellner is good. I'm Vellner's 5K is 18 minutes. Okay. I know the other 5Ks of the other people, they don't have that fast. Okay. Like just running, Belner is great. Uh, one of the one of the games, he had a hurt groin and he wasn't trying to run fast. I think that was the toes to bar running workout. He was scared to run fast because his groin hurt. If you're going to count the clean run events as competent, like as to fit your point, that does those are sprints. Gee got first in that. You can't tell me Gee in a running workout is first. That's not. That's long distance. I'm talking long I'm distance. I'm saying that running. you can have workouts that are not. How often is a single modality running test tested at the games? Not once like or one, twice. Once or twice. Once or twice. One hundred percent. One hundred percent. But the long workouts, 
She got Olivia. first, second, and second, or first, in the first, team and second. Division. It's the, the only division. data points we have. Look at her open performance. Look at her at quarterfinals performance. Look at her online qualifier performances. She's she's excelling on all Listen, of the tasks I that she's been I guarantee you she's bottom 20 in, in any games event that's over 20 minutes. Who's this? Olivia? Finally, yeah. we have a nice debate. I guarantee you. I will bet you $100. I had no idea that these girls came from such when a the, crazy when the work, lineage. When we see the workouts next year, let's talk. About okay. <laughs> okay. And but but all this to say, I don't think Olivia will translate as I still think she'll be very good. But I don't think she will translate as well as Mal did, as well as Haley did. Um and as well and, as Emma Lawson did. And, and then or as well as Emma Lawson did. I just don't I don't think she will translate as well as those girls did. They were all top But you five. said, but but you started by saying she's the next Laura Horvat. I do. And I think over time and- she'll be dominant. I really do. Um, but her first year, I think those long tests, she will not be as good compared to the rest compared to the girls that we've seen. And so I think she's good enough at the other stuff that it'll make up for it. We've seen this trend from the teenagers that they on the women's side that they transition from teenage to the individual elite women's field very well. In terms of the data, she fits the trend. She fits the numbers of everyone else. Maybe there's a little bit of nuance of difference in what she excels at compared to not. I think she's going to have an excellent year at the games. And I think that there's a very good chance that it's better than either of these other two. I think she'll make top 20. I would even (laughs) venture to say top 15. But you're saying she'll be top 10. I'm saying she'll be better than Emma Carey. Uh, She took first place at at Carrying Karen, uh, which is 15 minutes and 23 seconds. Are you, you're saying that she'll be top ten in the games 2023? And she can took we make, second. Can we, can we make a succinct like like this is what you're saying? 2023, you should be top ten. She took second in the 24 minute workout uh, at the CrossFit Games, three ways down. This is so, all the 16 to 17 age group division. So I I agree. I agree. I hear you. Who was who took- was uh, who was first in that in the 24 minute one? Who was first? Uh, Trista Smith. Okay, when we uh, and she works out with Justin Medeiros. Um, Trista Medeiros. Smith does. Yeah, but when you replace that Trista Smith name with Tia Toomey and everybody else that's in the top ten in the games, they are all better than Olivia. It's not just Trista Smith and then Olivia. It's those ten people, maybe more. I hear that, but is it Emma Carey? I those workouts, I would say yes. Uh, but strength of workouts, strength workouts. Olivia's gonna be a hoss. She might be top five in the strength workouts. So you guys uh, agree on Annika Greer three, uh, but then you have Olivia Kerstetter, John, and then Emma Carey at the top of the pile next year, and Brian uh, has uh, Annika Greer, Emma Carey, and then Olivia Kerstetter at the top. That's right. Uh, that's yeah, right. I, I would I would agree I would agree with that. Yeah. Hey, either way. What that's going to be fun to watch next year. It will. It will. The be men, very, do the dudes have anyone? Do the guys have anything like that? It can't. The guys cannot make the transition from teenage to elite uh, division. The, the the earliest adapter of that was Tudor Magda this year. Dallin Pepper probably he's nineteen. He was nineteen. Dallin probably should have done it at nineteen the year before. He just really messed up with the D ball, so he did it at twenty. Obviously, he at twenty he had a much 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 better run at the games than Tudor did at nineteen. Finishing in the top 20, Tudor was in the bottom six, I think. Um, 
but but either way, it's not a top ten finish, which we've now seen multiple women come into yeah. the games in their first year in, in Adams, in O'Brien, in Lawson, and immediately ascend into the top ten. It's just a totally different different landscape. It's and even much as easier much, in the women's, yeah, and this is going all the way back to our first conversation, which is why I would you know I will still contest that you know doing it in the men's field is just harder than doing it in the women's field, despite how much better the women have gotten. Yeah. Basically, the men's games, um, the men's games division for 2023, just is just like a sideshow compared to what we're going to see the the excitement around the women. No, no, no way at all. Yeah, if, definitely. No way. The men's field is as good as it's ever been. Yeah, but we're talking about Lazar and BKG. Well, yeah, in this context, we're, the we women are going to have Justin Tia, and and Annie, Emma Carey, Mal O'Brien, Olivia Kerstetter. I almost think Tia Lo- makes it more Justin, work. Roman, Laura Ricky, Horvath, Quant, Velner. Well, the, men, the men are way more. Yeah, Quant and Velner don't get. Lazar, Hopper, I don't know. Dallin. The men are it's way more. Killer, it's a killer lineup. It's insane. Fun. Dude, dude, here's the thing. Gee, just throw him down in the pile of just like <laughs> failed fucking hopes. Back to back top 10 finishes at the, the games. O- the like only hope. Or hate him doesn't matter. It's impressive. I love him. Don't get me wrong. I love him. But 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 there's no excitement there. They, the the only. He's the most exciting. No, the only exciting character in the games left now is Jason Hopper. We saw him move up to seven. You're not excited by Roman? Roman's not exciting? A Ricky's little bit. Exciting. A little bit. Seven. Roman and Ricky. Oh, hey, Roman's going to win the games next year. Justin I, going for three I, I, in a row. Oh, are you kidding me? 100%. Let me tell you. Justin Medeiros is unfucking beatable. Unbeatable. Rome. We just saw Roman peak. We just saw Roman peak. We just saw Roman and Ricky both peak. It's like this. They just passed each other. Well, Justin's hey, like, hey, Justin's R- like this, and Roman and Ricky peaks. are like this. Ricky had two peaks. He could have another one. No. He's going to. Maybe he'll win the the. It's pretty the unusual for California someone to peak games. in their first year at the CrossFit Games. There's so much potential in the women's Think division. Think about all of the people who have come into the CrossFit Games in their first year of live competition and finished second. And what have they gone on to do in the next year or two? Yeah, the but only they weren't pe- senior citizens like fucking Ricky. No, Roman's we're talking about Roman. They're Roman's both. Either, either. They're both and fucking. so is Ricky. They're both 28 years old. They're old. That's old. What were the ages of Matt Fraser when he won his five championships? 20. That's different. We're talking about how about when he came? How about his second year? 30, 31. But, but not his first year. No, he's, this he's, is no, he's 26, 27. So he's well, Roman's two years behind. What was the age of? Um, well, the girls are always a little bit different. Hey, but. and not just their age. Don't forget. Look how young Medeiros and Hopper are. The only hope the men have of exciting field, I think, is if Hop, like Hopper's really got to like. It's all on him. No pressure. I don't, I don't agree. But the that. women, there's just fucking question marks everywhere and potential everywhere. John, I'm killing you in the polls today. I, I, I haven't seen it. <laughs> I just, I, uh, I looked at there when they were talking about my eyes, and then I stopped looking at there. Yeah, the, here's just the thing. Those, hey, the, those women. We should excite- come back to this. We need to record our predictions, and then we need to come back. to Savan's taking notes in his little notepad. There, I don't know what he does with the notepad, but those, those women excite me. Those men, I'm just like, eh. I will say, I think Olivia is going to do amazing at Rogue, and it's going to be really awesome to watch her. Ellie Turner. I mean, that's the thing. You can. There's women there in their. Their. What? What place did? What place did? Um. 
What place did uh, uh, Ellie get at the CrossFit Games? 18th. Yeah. I mean, the, and she's more exciting than anyone in the fucking, in, in the men's who's below the top three, I think. There's there's women what? in the 18th. Hopper's below the top, top three. Yeah. Yeah, I think Ellie and Hopper. In I, You're not interested I, in uh, no. BKG those guys are toast. Those guys are toast, dude. That's like watching Masters golf or whatever the people do. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Ladies, thank you. Ellie Let Turner didn't Let even see. beat uh, Danny Spiegel last year at the Water Police. Uh, another one who's done toast. Danny's toast. How about Lucy Campbell, she beat Ellie at both the games and Water Why aren't you talking about her? Uh, exciting, but a uh, one-trick pony. She's the gee of the women. Just a just a fucking Ooh, you know. trick pony, you one trick that? pony. She won the final event at the games. A specialist. Ooh. She's a specialist. Lucy Ooh. Campbell. Lucy Campbell. She won the swim event. She's fucking. She won the rowing thruster bar muscle up workout. Also, that's fine. I'm just telling you. She's <laughs> that's a CrossFit event through and through. That's fine. She's toast. Mm-hmm. Velner, Velner. That's like you want to talk about Joe Montana. Velner, Velner. So 2018. Serious though, you know it's true. He was. I will say, I, I, away from I know, the games. I know. Uh, I know. I know. Our sport is new, but people age in our sport so fast. <laughs> it's so funny. Seven and seven ages him twice as fast. I know. Listen, within, Velner needs to just. Years, Velner needs to be a regular on this show, and that's it. Velner went from I think he's the fittest guy in the world. He just hasn't done it yet. To he's he's not. And Fakowski's like a fucking like a, a horse that got fucking injured, and we're not sure whether to put him down or not. I have an article coming out on Velner and Fakowski early next week. Fakowski's limping around the barn, and some of the people are like, "Dude, you got to put that." They, hey, they usually bounce back really well, though. If they have a game that doesn't do good, they don't do well, and they usually bounce back with authority. Okay, John, how many of the guys, just one one little teaser here, how many of the guys that beat Velner at the games will he beat at Rogue? Justin Roman, Ricky, Sam, and Jeff. Ooh. Ooh. Oh, maybe we should talk about that oh, on the next names. debate show. That is a great question. One, two, three, four, five. I think he beats uh, at least two. Okay. I'm gonna I'm gonna say who are the, gonna, who are the choices again? Who beat I, I'm gonna say games? I'm gonna say I'm gonna say three. Three people. Out of Justin Medeiros, Roman Krennikov, Ricky Garrard, Sam Quant, and Jeff Adler, John Young thinks that Velner will beat three of those at the Rogue Invitation. Three of those five, yeah. You could probably guess the two that I don't think he's going to beat. Adler and Ricky. <laughs> that, that's it. <laughs> oh, he's not going to beat Quant either. John thinks no. he's going to beat three of these five guys. No. The point think, is Ryan? that he's not the, he's not out to pasture yet, Savan. Okay, we'll see. We'll see. I give him an outside shot to beat four. I don't think he'll win, though. Hey, <laughs> someone needs to call the vet and send him over to fucking Brent's house with a shotgun. <laughs> I have a question. Is our next debate show going to be all Rogue topics? And we'll do Maybe. one before Rogue. Uh, th- what do you think about this? Uh, I, we can. I like that idea of doing all right. What do you, can, Pat can beat everyone if he wants. What do you think I'm about pre- that? I'm pretty sure he's wanted to the last uh, <laughs> seven years, and he's yet to beat everyone. So There's like an emotional plea there that I hear that resonates with me. If he wants. 
Have you talked to him? Good show. Yeah, it's a great show. Did you talk to him after the games, Brian? Not uh, not extensively, just a little bit. Did you hear anything that sh- that that showed signs that he didn't try his hardest, that he that he didn't leave everything out on the field? Okay, well, then except for maybe the true. last event, the last two years, the last event was uh, underwhelming for him. But I won't say he wasn't trying. It's was just I don't think that would have made a difference in the leaderboard either, though. This Both year. years he was yeah, he was kind of pinned into a spot going into the last workout. Adler and Quan are the athletes no one remembers in 10 years. Hey, I don't know. I, that. I mean, you tell me. Do you remember Josh Bridges? Do you remember uh, Matt Chan? Do you remember Kyle Kasperbauer? Do you remember Chris Spieler? Hey, and Adler, I know Quan is such a freaking wild card, uh, but he's gotten second one year and fourth one year. Quan yeah. is very – he's very underrated. A lot of people – I agree. And Adler's now got a fifth, thirteenth, and a fifth. And, no, and he's only been improving every year at the games. At the games, he's been improving. Um, I don't really count twenty twenty, but uh, I, I'm sure you feel the same way. But he's only been improving every year. Adler, Adler, in my opinion, is still on the rise. Do you know how old he is, Brian? I think he's twenty seven or eight. What do you think Roman's biggest weakness is? Twenty eight. It's it's uh, snatching, heavy snatching. Yeah, and I and I do think that there was a bit of um, competition inexperience that was exposed for him at the games this year. For uh, what events? Uh, the ones just where he started too fast and faded late. Was, I remember it was Elizabeth elevated, and there was one other for him. I highlighted them in the he article. Did, he did well. He did well in those events, though. And what do you think Medeiros is? Yeah, but he was in the lead after round one of Elizabeth Elevated, and he finished eleventh overall. That's oh, just, did he really? He I didn't know he faded that badly. Yeah, he faded hard, and I think I think uh, the other one that that happened on was the shuttle to overhead part A, where he ran really hard in round one, but he wasn't able to sustain it in two and three when the runs were longer. Yeah. And up and over, he was basically just exposed by the muscle ups and the sandbag. I think was came down to a technique thing. Those were his only finishes outside the top ten. Yeah, the up and the up and over one, I almost attribute uh, to uh, the capital was right. Right, everyone had to that. deal with that. If you watch that event back, I know, but some the camera's some not on others. that often. But you can see that from the first round of muscle ups, he's behind, and he just keeps falling behind on the muscle ups. Yeah, okay. He's also weighs two twenty, but no, no. I mean, I would expect the things I would expect yeah. him to do yeah, bad no, on I'm are a, high I'm volume. I'm, I'm saying, gymnastics, I'm saying, really high volume gymnastics and a heavy snatch. It yeah, wasn't a heavy agreeing. snatch. And he and the but those other two the the shuttle to overhead A and Elizabeth elevated that's where I look at him and I say that's where he gave away points where a better plan or a better run through that workout he he could have earned a better position and it would have tightened that gap a little more he also made a couple of mistakes on the dumbbell snatch but that was with the one head the two head which cost him nine points so yeah. there was an opportunity stuff. for him to beat Justin this year but like like I said Justin doesn't have those mistakes instead on the workouts where Justin's not. You know, he comes out slow and he finishes hot and he passes five guys in the last three minutes of a workout. Yeah. No, Sevan, you asked what's Justin's weaknesses. He does not have any. He's literally he's literally the fifth best in the world at everything. <laughs> it's it's fifth or best. It's it's so amazing and so like annoying to people competing with him. But he's 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 the fifth best at everything. And there's not 
it's crazy. It's crazy how consistent he is across across the board. It used to be strict press, and then he put on twenty pounds all in his shoulders. And yeah, now, he got thick, huh? He got thick. Yeah, he looks like he's not missing a meal. Like high volume handstand push up workouts, people will beat him. Um, like I'm just thinking of stuff that he's not great at. But yeah, um, but Roman's gonna not be amazing at that either. You know what I mean? Look at Ricky's finishes: first, second, third, fifth, seventh, first. Ricky is like, at- in my opinion, Ricky is like Sam Briggs of the of the men. Wow! Wow! He's got a Sam Briggs feel to me. Wow. Justin Medeiros worst finish at the game shuttle the over at A poor finish in a running event overcomable take heed Elizabeth Kirster wow wow <laughs> Justin Medeiros also ran with Matt in 2020 I that's not a weakness okay that that is that yeah, is an execution thing that's an execution thing all right he beat Noah and Jeff handedly that. It might have been the it might have been the one executioner he's made in the last two years. It was too bad that the event was literally impossible to follow, so we're not it's, so sure. It's a hard one to manage, though. It like you know what I mean. You kind of have to pick your point. Like what Ricky did is very impressive in that in that workout. It's a it's a very hard workout to manage. Yeah. Uh, thank you guys. Um, we need another set of questions. Uh, John, Brian, someone going to put those in the, uh, in the comments. Uh, if y'all want to, if y'all want to comment, uh, any rogue topics, we can do that for our next show. If that's okay with you guys. Absolutely. Podcasting. My friend calls what I do crop dusting. All right, guys, I got to think that we're done on that. No. Yeah. 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 <laughs> I'm going back to sleep, I think. I'm serious. I'm about you to got go one hour less than usual. Your whole day is going to be thrown off. Fucked. Yeah. It's, a mess. it's a mess. I wonder if I have a podcast tonight. Okay. I got to go, guys. I got to okay. start driving. But No, nothing. Good stuff, John. Good top. Good. Yeah. Great Good show, stuff. guys. Yeah. Ellie Turner. Uh, I look back at the comments, and I thought I was doing okay, but it – Jeff was all of the ones that were for me. So uh, <laughs> <laughs> it was all just one person. So. Hey, you got a fan, baby. It starts with uh, one. And he's the most right. vocal, the, the vocal is, minority. So you're good to go. Most, yeah, yeah, yeah. So uh, Ellie, Ellie Turner tomorrow at 7 a.m. Going to be a huge show. Going to have a blast with her. She's cool as shit. Uh, and then tomorrow evening, oh, keep your fingers crossed. Everybody, Keep everybody, your everybody. fingers crossed for tomorrow night. We're doing a show with Daniel Brandon, uh, 6 p.m. Let's see if she shows. Uh, it's gonna be a live call in show. Get your questions ready. Any relationship advice you need, John, <laughs> you call in tomorrow, you get in the comments, and uh, Daniel Brandon will be answering that, giving right. guidance. Five years, very happily married. I wonder yeah. what she could tell me. Maybe there's, she'll spice up the bedroom. A couple tips for you guys. Stuff, to, uh, all sorts of stuff. After five years, John, you know what I'm saying? All you sorts little, of stuff. I'll tell her go to my wife and be like, well, maybe you should dye your hair. That might be a cool thing. But. Yeah. Okay, guys. Thanks for everyone. Uh, we'll see you tomorrow morning. Ellie Turner. Bye-bye.